I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for tuning in. On this episode, we have two interviews. First up, John Oran from Sports Business Journal goes around the horn on a potpourri of media topics, including NFL pregame show ratings, the future of Tony Romo, the new college football pregame show on Fox, the Fox College Football Noon Window, um, WWE going to Fox, uh, what else did we touch upon? Baseball playoffs and and the ratings possibilities there, and uh, Monday Night Football. So we covered it all with John O'Ran. Just basically hit on all the latest news items and a uh, little lay of the land there in sports media. And then after that, Matthew Berry from ESPN, the fantasy guru, the top fantasy journalist, if you can even use that word with fantasy, but I think you can. Uh, nobody. Nobody bigger in the fantasy world than Matthew Barry. So he joins us to talk about what it's like to cover fantasy for a living. And um, we also broke down the new Beverly Hills 902 and 0, if that interests you. So you should definitely listen to that. So we're going to get John O'Ran here up first, then Matthew Barry. Uh, before we go to John quickly in the archives, T- Troy Aikman was on last week from Fox. He was phenomenal. Uh, had a lot to say about NFL refs. Also, Gave us the lowdown on what happened when he blasted Doug Gottlieb on Twitter and got a call from his bosses. So Aikman was on the podcast last week, two weeks ago on the SI Media Podcast, Ryan Rossillo. Three weeks ago, Rich Eisen and Chris Mad Dog Russo. So check all those out in the archives. If you're not a subscriber, please hit the subscribe button and uh, rate and review the podcasts if you can. It helps tremendously. And uh, let's get this one rolling right now. little sports media news roundup with John O'Ran. All right, joining me now from Sports Business Journal, comes on regularly, and we have not really done a little uh, sports media news potpourri in a while on this podcast, so we're going to try to cover some recent news. He's John O'Ran. John, thanks for coming on. You're slumming it this week. You had Troy Aikman <laughs> last week, and now you get the SBJ media reporter, Jimmy. You're, you're, you're falling a little bit. If man. you have anything to say about the NFL refs, feel free to... Go nuts so I can... Yeah, uh, they suck. Yeah. All right, we'll see now if we can get you the same attention Troy got for his, for his comments. I'm not going to lie, though. I mean, you know, Troy does the Thursday night game, and the second play of the game is a penalty, and he says, oh, I did a podcast this week and talked about this. And then later, Joe Buck said to Troy, oh, and, you know, you did a podcast this week. And, and um, I texted Joe Buck at halftime and said, can you at least say SI podcast, SI media? I'll, I'll take SI. And he said, oh, I didn't realize, Joe wrote back, I didn't realize it was your podcast. Now I definitely won't mention it. So it's a little <laughs> yeah, You weren't story. even asking for Trina. Right, I know, it right. had to be something. Well, that, because, you know, you can't, you know, I can't text Joe Buck and say, can you say on Jimmy Trina's podcast? Because then you just really, you can't be that much of a pig. You got to sort of, you know, 
I'm trying to help SI here and help the brand. So um, self promotion is difficult yeah. these days. I know that. But Troy was great last week. Um, let's start with the NFL. Uh, one of the things that has shocked me so far about the season is that the ratings for the pregame shows, I think pretty much across the board, if I'm not mistaken, you would know this a little better than me, but based on the PR emails that keep coming into my inbox, are up significantly. And I was of the belief that pregame shows are pretty much dead. Obviously, the numbers are not what they used to be, but the fact that they would be jumping so big uh, is shocking to me. What's your take on that? Uh, I'm a little less uh, surprised by it. Um you know when the game ratings are up, uh, you know the rising tide lifts all boats. The um, uh, the, the pregame ratings uh, go, go up generally, and I think in this um, NFL season there have been some storylines, you know, like the Antonio Brown uh, story storyline that people just want, are, are thirsty for news for. And I think I think that you know if there are really good storylines going into the into into these games. Then people will sit to uh, through, through the pregame shows because they they want to get you know information on it. They want to get takes on it, and they just kind of want to see what's happening. If if there, there aren't those types of storylines, then you know it just, it just kind of rises and falls with with the with the games. But the, the the pregame show ratings have been rising more than the games, which are up the the, the season as well. I know some people have said um, maybe a reason for the game the game ratings and the pregame ratings being up uh, might have to do with the legalized sports betting, but that's still only in, I don't know, what is it? 11 or 12 States currently. Uh, do you think that's a factor at all or that's a stretch? Yeah. Every time I talk about the ratings, there are probably 20 reasons that you can pick uh, and uh, that, that are uh, suitable for, for describing why, why they're up or not. And I think if you take a look um, I, I know Fox, which has Fox Bet out there, they are looking in uh, places where gambling is legalized in Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, and they're seeing a huge ratings increases in, in, in those areas. So I, I think there could be something to it. It's, it's, not, it's not legalized enough for it to, to have a significant impact, but a, you know, a point here or a point there, I, th- I think that, that that is what you're seeing there. I, I, I do not dismiss gambling as being a, a reason for a for the ratings uh, uptick. So that's very interesting. So in the there are 11 states that have legalized sports betting and Fox is tracking the ratings for those those states and they're all seeing increases. Most of them or all of them are seeing increases. Is that yeah, not, not just increases. I mean, if you uh, the Pittsburgh, the, the Steelers are 0 and 3, right? right. I, I think the, the ratings in, in Pittsburgh uh, are are beating the rest of the country. And uh, Philly, you're seeing the same thing for, uh, through the first uh, three. Um, through the first three games, mm-hmm. and so it's it's not enough of a, a set to, to 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 make any kind of definitive argument, but it is something that people are taking a look at and are, and are insanely interested in. Speaking of Fox, let's shift to college football. They have their new pregame show. Uh, but be- before we even get to ratings talk, have you watched it? What are your thoughts on it? Recommend it? Um, I, I have not actually seen it yet. I have not sat, sat down with it, but I, I have uh, people that I know that have watched it think that it's uh, uh, very professionally done. Um, they think Urban Meyer is, is, is turning into a, somewhat of a star on it. And uh, again, uh, th- these are people not necessarily in the industry, but friends that, that are watching. Uh, college game day is still by far the, the default choice for, for, for people that are sort of getting ready for their Saturdays. Uh, wh- what do you think about it, Jimmy? Uh, I haven't, you know, I always forget. I mean, this is really bad to say. I always just forget about it because I'm not locked into the Saturday morning pregame show. I mean, I think the ESPN one starts at like four in the morning or something like that, but you know, I, it's usually a little before kickoff when I put it on. And that's when I want to see Corso put the hat on his head and make his pick and, you know, get the people all riled up. So, but that's iconic. There's nothing Fox can do that can match Corso putting on the mascot head. I think every, every college uh, football fan knows about that. Right. and if if you have to decide between one or the other, you're going to watch that and, and then dump over to Fox it, if you want to see that game. And I'll, you know what? I'll be a hundred percent honest here. And I mean, I don't, I don't really 
I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'll just I'll be totally. I don't like Urban Meyer, so like I have no interest in watching him on a Saturday morning. I think he's a bad guy, and I didn't like him as a coach, and I think he did shady stuff, and I don't have any interest in watching him. So, um, give me Lee Corso putting on the head and <laughs> pissing everyone off. I do think that uh, the the, the uh, ESPN version, you know, you just have the signs, you have the energy of the crowd. It's a, right. just a completely different show. And I, I think the last time I, I was on, or one of the last times you were talking about that um, that draft of all-time best studio sports shows. Right. And if, if I was drafting, College Game Day would be in my top three just because it's such a Absolutely. new, unique, different. It's a, nobody can imitate uh, what, the, what they've done. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just, you know, I think that what, the, the way that they... Uh, uh, come into the college football Saturday is 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 you know it, it'll it'll be a long time I think before Fox um, beats them in in any significant way. Now, now it would be ridiculous and not fair to even you know do a ratings versus ratings thing with with Fox and ESPN on that. But do we know if if Fox is at least happy or content with the numbers they're getting for that pregame show? Yeah, and so Fox's spin on that is that they're less concerned about the numbers for the pregame show as they are for the numbers for the pregame show and the noon game because mm-hmm. they, they think one leads into the other, right. or at least that's how they're, they're, they're pitching it. And the noon game through three games, it's won, it's won the noon time slot two out of three times. Uh, and so, so I think they're happy enough with it. And despite what I just said, you know, they're going to have Ohio State-Michigan in that noon window, and I, I bet you, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Fox's pregame show outrates ESPN on that day. Uh, that's uh, that's something to keep a look at. But as far as like a, a season long competition, it, it, it'll be it'll be a while. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you get you put Michigan and Wisconsin like they did this past week on at noon, and it's it's going to win that time slot. So. Uh, you know, if if they weren't, they'd be in big trouble. So I'm not. I'm not yeah, the funny thing about that strategy to me, Jimmy, is that the is that that the Big Ten mandates that a lot of its games are at noon. So right. Fox's big strategy, it's kind of the strategy that they, they employed last year too. I mean, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, that's a noon game. That's that's uh, almost never, uh, at least in uh, recent years, it hasn't been on prime time at all. Right. So it's you know. They, they kind of saw what they had with their schedule and decided to really sort of market it, and uh, and they, they did add a few new games to it. But the uh, the noon strategy, the strategy that that I saw them use last year, pretty effectively as well. Uh, back to the NFL. Had a little news today from uh, Andrew Marshan, who's a regular on this podcast. Um, I guess this is just so weird. So Tony Romo's playing in a golf tournament this weekend. And if he makes the cut, he will not be doing a game on Sunday with Jim Nance. I believe CBS in more weirdness. See this main CBS game at four twenty-five is actually an NFC game. I think it's bears Vikings. So instead of Nance and Romo calling bears Vikings for CBS, CBS will use boomer size and get him off the pregame show, put him in the booth with Nance. Um, it's this, CBS doing these NFC games is still like as someone who's old and remembers how they were always separate. It's so weird to me. Um, it is hard to get used to. Yeah. So is is so what do you think Tony is? What is CBS rooting for here? Because I would imagine they want Tony doing the game and not making the cut in this tournament. Yeah, they pay they pay <laughs> Tony to uh, to to broadcast the the, the games and uh, you know. Uh, I would bet a, a good amount of money that that's not going to be an issue. That uh, if he, if he makes a cut, it would be a a massive upset. So 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 a lot of this uh, you have to have contingency plans, I guess. But a lot of this is is almost like we're you're in the middle of this uh, of the silly season. The idea that that he's going to make the cut and not be in the booth is, is right. um, that that would be that would be a really big sports story more even more so than sports media because I, I i don't see him and people that follow golf more than i do don't see him making the cut okay and anything uh are talks between him and cbs just not not taking place at all right now because tony's contract is up at the end of this season with cbs and um you know the reports say tony wants to get paid a lot and i guess um there'll be some competition out there if, if cbs doesn't resign him what is going on there, if, if anything? I would think that there would be a, a lot of people lined up uh, for, for it. I think that uh, uh, ESPN, with their Monday night booth, w- would love to have them. Right. Um, I would. I would think that uh, Fox would uh, w- would be would be uh, lo- looking to get them. 
I'd be surprised if uh, if CBS lets us get to the point to where he's actually negotiating with, with other people. I think that he's a, uh, you know, uh, Sean McManus, and people forget about this, but, um, you know, when Sean McManus first hired Tony Romo and he came in brand new as a neophyte, and we all watched those first games waiting to see him fail like Jason Witten, and he didn't. He was, he, he, it, but, but it was it was a relatively big risk to take somebody that's never broadcast a football game and put him in their top, uh, their top game, the A list game, and he just he performed so well. And so, like, I just think that he's somebody. He's somebody that I think uh, CBS executives feel like they brought on that they feel like they uh, they, they they took a risk and hired. And I, I I just can't see them letting him letting. I can't see them. Building somebody up like like Tony Romo and then letting him go—that's not that's not in CBS's ethos. So it's uh, I've been surprised before, but that that, that would really surprise me. I'm not a savvy business person by any stretch of the imagination, but wouldn't you think that Romo's agent would say, "Listen, don't do anything, sit tight, because ESPN's going to try to come after you hard after this season, and they will offer a ridiculous amount of money, and then it's in CBS's court." the balls in CBS's court to match or go above it because all Tony needs is one other network to want his services. And I'm not sure if I'm with you on the, you know, you said Fox would be interested. I, you know, they have Aikman. Um, I don't know if they'd go three man booth when they have such a successful lead booth now. Um, and ABC has Michaels and Collinsworth. I don't know if the options, when you consider what the salary would be, I don't know what the option, because think about, I, well, I guess Fox has the Thursday night game, so that's how you could do it. So Fox would be a big player, because they could, instead of having Troy do the two games, they could have Tony do Thursday or Sunday. So, so but here's the other question, which is something that, that gets asked about all the time. Uh, you and I both are fans of Tony Romo and how he how he broadcasts a game, right? Right. How many, How much do you think his presence affects the TV ratings in the game? Not I, significantly. If, no, and so all of a sudden, if if this price gets too high for for some reason, like ultimately CBS just bought by Viacom. They have to make a dollars and cents business decision to where it's like, well, if, if you know somebody's going to pay you stupid money, then go ahead and we can fill in with, you know, a Boomer Esiason or Dan Fouts or who, who knows who knows who they can you know, fill in with for their for their A team, and they won't see a ratings uh, uh, any kind of significant ratings blip, if any, uh, based on the announcers. So right. so you know that the, there there is a little bit of risk there. For if Tony Romo were to sort of say like oh, I want to see what 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 I'm going to get on the uh, on the open market, although I think that he would get you know John Madden type money. Right. For the, uh, but like I said, I think I think what will help Tony is you know ESPN will likely be trying to do something with their Monday night booth, and then Tony's out there, and you know ESPN has the money to throw at people if you look at what they pay for you know the NBA contract and what they pay for Monday night football. What's you know ten million a year for Tony Romo? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's also going to be interesting to see what how how the Monday Night Football booth develops. I mean, is this something that they want to? Is this going to be like their ESPN's NBA pregame show where they tinker with it every single year, or are they going to finally say like, you know, we we uh, part of me believes that Jimmy Bataro and, and uh, Burke Magnus, Connor Shell, that they they feel like they have a good group in uh, in uh, Joe Tessitore and and Booger McFarland. And they just kind of want to see them developed, uh, developed together, and they they could make the same sort of dollars and cents decision of, of saying like, ah, oh, well, do we really need to get a bigger name on here, or do we just want these well, two to sort of to, to grow together? And the other issue, which ESPN never wants, they'll never want to admit it, and I don't blame them. But the fact of the matter is this: the the Monday Night Football schedule stinks. It just does. I mean, the games are not listen. Thursday night is better. Sunday night is better. Sunday four twenty five is better. They get the they get in the scraps. The schedule is not great, and then because they're locked into the one game with no flex, unlike NBC on Sunday night, when these quarterbacks go down, and they're stuck with you know Steelers games with Mason Rudolph, and um, you know they got a Dolphins game on there one night. The schedule for Monday Night Football—it's like okay, you could pay Tony Romo ten million and put him in the booth and get people excited, but the games always stink. 
Thank you for not bringing up the Redskins, Jimmy. I appreciate that. Oh, we, we they they did their they did their job last night in, in playing an unwatchable game. Twenty-eight nothing at halftime. Yeah. So that, that that that's the point. But right. you know when when ESPN, even though they are paying more than than everybody else, but they're 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 paying for the the Monday night football schedule is the cable is what uh, the NFL describes as the cable schedule, and the cable right. schedule is never going to be as good as. Uh, I mean, the, the the best game is going to go on to Sunday night football. That's the prime time um, uh, 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 game that the, the NFL wants to populate. Uh, Thursday night football now it's on it's on broadcast. But the games that are exclusively on NFL Network, those are worse than Monday night football. But uh, but the the ones that are on Fox are are are, are generally are better. So the, the the ESPN schedule as it is right now, before they they go and renegotiate these deals in a couple of years, is is the cable schedule. And it's not going to get any better right. uh, next year or the, or the, or the I mean, following year. Just look at this week. Fox on Thursday night has Eagles Packers. NBC on Sunday night has Cowboys Saints. And then on Monday night, you're stuck with the Bengals against Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. So you could put Tony Romo in the booth. It's not going to make a heck of a lot of difference. Although if you talked to uh, ESPN before the season, they would have looked at that as a, a big rivalry game. Uh, a division it's, game. Yeah, Big Ben and Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh rates pretty well. That actually, you know, the Bengals, it, Bengals Steelers for a Monday Night Football game is not. That's one of the better Monday Night Football games. Here's what I would tell and, ESPN: it's it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. <laughs> it's the Cincinnati. Bengals. I have no comeback for yeah. that, Jimmy. <laughs> um, I, I, speaking of ESPN, have you have you had a chance to check out? I don't know if you're an ESPN Plus subscriber. The uh, return of primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. Uh, it's like an, it's like a comfortable old glove, isn't yeah. it? It, it? It was great. It was, I thought it was great to see them uh, do that again. Did, did you watch? I, I don't have ESPN Plus. Um, and when I first heard the news, I was not happy because I thought it was just like a, you know, obviously a ploy to get people to subscribe. And, you know, there is the factor where they can't do it on TV because NBC has this exclusive contract. I mean, I would have loved it if they put them on, you know, ESPN at eleven thirty at night after the Sunday night game. But I guess that's difficult. So um, I was probably way too harsh on them on whatever I said on Twitter. But um, I guess you know you got to do it. You could put it on ESPN I, again for me seven thirty Sunday night. I, I it's not a time where I'm watching a highlight show. I'm either watching the the end of the four o'clock games, or then you have a half hour to get dinner and get yourself ready for a work week before the next game starts. So yeah, it's amazing. My, my viewing schedule has completely changed. Uh, it, it used to be back in the day with it, that you would go over to, to ESPN and then you would see all of the highlights. And now they're breaking into games and they're not just showing you the touchdowns. They're showing you the plays that lead, lead up to the touchdowns. And uh, you're going through Twitter and you're getting a lot of the highlights there. And, and it's, you know, there's less of a need to go in and and watch it. Right. But uh, just seeing like Tom Jackson and Boomer together doing oh. it again, it's uh, it, it's completely retro, and it just it, it just is it feels good watching it. I love both of those guys. I'm sure the show is great. If I had ESPN, I'd probably you know pop it on while I'm making dinner or something before that next game starts. Um, you know, I love that they're back. Uh, I just you know it's a tough you know ESPN plus seven thirty on a Sunday. It's just tough, but. Uh, you know, and everything I've read, everyone says it, like you said, old glove. So um, I'm glad, I'm happy for them because I know Boomer wanted to get back into it. Um, two, two, two more before I wrap it up. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and I'm here in New York where, you know, we have the Yankees. But I feel like there is absolutely no juice going into the Major League Baseball postseason. It's, uh, it's, every year it just seems like baseball flies more and more under the radar. Um I don't know what the regular season ratings have been for Fox and ESPN. I think ESPN just had their lowest Sunday night game ever or something, maybe. Did I read that? Um, but baseball playoffs are coming, and I don't know. does not feel like there's a ton of interest. Am I wrong? Yeah, you know, here in D.C., uh, the Nationals are playing for the, a playoff spot. Last night, Bryce Harper returned uh, from, from Philly uh, for, for a game. And the Redskins are 0-2, and we're staring at 0-3, and and Nats Park was half half filled, and and uh, and the the atmosphere there was uh what what was not great. Um, Moffat Nathanson, a financial uh, analyst company, um, just put out a, re- a report that were they described 
you know, the NFL and the NBA are two national brands, but the, uh, the, they described Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League as more local uh, sports or more regional sports. And I think that when, when you talk about the, um, you know, uh, the, the, the going into the playoffs, the lack of these national storylines I, you know, it, the, not, nothing's resonating nationally, and, and, I, and I do think that that hurts. I mean, I think one, one of the best storylines is w- with your guys. You know, the, the way the Yankees have won with all the injuries that they've had, and even that is is it's. You talk talk about that with general sports fans outside of New York, and, and people aren't aren't really they don't seem to be pick, picking up. That's anecdotal, uh, more, more than uh, analytical, but it's uh, that, that that definitely is how it feels. Fox will be rooting so hard for the Yankees this postseason. It's not even going to be funny. Um, oh, can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. They go out in that wild card in the first round, or they're going to problem. Speaking of Fox, last one here. I, I have said this many times in this podcast. I, I probably have said it to you that Fox was going to go all out and then some in promoting WWE SmackDown, which debuts October 4th. I actually have been surprised by They've actually promoted it even more than I anticipated. Um, they had a baseball, a nationally televised baseball game last week. They had one of the guys in the booth for an inning, Braun Strowman. Um, they showed uh, Ray Mysterio at a, I think it was the Vikings Raiders game on Sunday. Uh, they're adding a studio show, I believe, on FS1. Are you? Is this what the kind of promotion you expected, or has it even been more than you expected? And um, how important is the WWE deal for Fox? I think it, it's more than I expected, uh, I, I, and I was expecting a lot. I think the, what's unique about uh, uh, what Fox is doing with the WWE is that they've had uh, the WWE has had such a long relationship with with USA, and that is you know uh, that's uh, NBC's entertainment arm. It wasn't a part of NBC Sports Group, and so what what. what this is sort of Fox Sports. This is the first time the WWE has really been supported by a sports division, and I think you're, you're seeing that in terms of you know get, getting some of the wrestlers in the booth, getting them in, in crowd shots in, in, in the stadiums. I mean, you would think that that USA would be able to do that pretty easily with NBC Sports, but when you have these big networks and these big companies. You know they operate in silos, so a lot of times sports doesn't know what what you, uh, NBC Sports doesn't know what USA is doing or vice versa. And NBC right. is actually the the probably the best network at doing that. So just having having this with Fox Sports enables Fox Sports to promote it in a much more um, organic way than uh, that than has happened before. I I, I can't wait because I, I, I I'm looking forward to that October third Sunday night uh, Thursday night football game to see what what Joe and Troy have to do to promote SmackDown the next night. I have a feeling there's going to be something wild going on. Get get uh, Troy to suplex Joe or something like that. Well, Troy told air. Troy told me last week he's not a big uh, watcher of wrestling and that his fa- the last time he watched I think his favorite wrestler was um, the Macho Man. So it'll be fun if Troy has to do any promos <laughs> or something with Joe. But Joe's into it. Joe is, I had Joe on the podcast. Uh, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight weeks ago, and he, and he's into it. So um, I'm trying to think of a young uh, Troy Aikman cheering, cheering on the Macho Man. That's making me laugh. Yeah. All right, John. I appreciate you coming on and uh, sort of going around the horn with me on this stuff. And uh, we'll we'll have you back soon, I am sure. Thanks. Hey, for- anytime, Jimmy. Thanks for the ask. Okay, my pleasure. Take care. See you, man. Okay, bye bye. All right, this episode of the SI Media Podcast is sponsored by. Zoom. When you use Zoom, every day is a little bit better. Zoom video communications with the web's best-reviewed video conference service used by millions to meet one-on-one or hundreds at a time. Zoom video conferencing lets you connect face-to-face with anyone across town or around the world with flawless video, clear audio, and instant sharing of files, video, anything. And you can connect through any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference room system. Zoom video conferencing, Zoom rooms, Zoom video webinars, and Zoom phone puts state-of-the-art tech right at your fingertips. And it also lets you do business at the speed of Zoom. Look, if you're not using Zoom video communications right now, the only question I have is why not? I'll make it super easy for you. Visit Zoom online and set up a free account today. No cost free. Try the most affordable and most reliable video communication solution on the market. Meet happy with Zoom. 
And this episode of the SI Media Podcast is also sponsored by Legacy Box. Legacy Box is a great company that helps you digitize your home movies and photos so you can preserve them for on and on and on. You don't have to worry about going through old files, clutter in your basement, clutter in your attics. Legacy Box allows you to experience the joy and nostalgia of reliving the glory days. It ensures that your family history is preserved forever and you can get together with the family and take those trips down memory lane. Then you become the hero of the family, of course, which is always a nice bonus. And it also helps you get organized. Like I said, you can clean out your closet, your attic, your basement, all those old camcorder tapes and and aging film reels and photos laying around. And you uh, send it out to Legacy Box and they take care of everything. Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box. They have over a decade of experience and all the work is done by hand right here in the USA. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, Legacy Box is offering my listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com save to get 40% off your first order. It's not 10% or something chintzy like that. 40% off your first order. Go to LegacyBox.com save and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. All right, joining me now, the king of fantasy sports, Matthew Berry from ESPN. Matthew, how are you? I'm good, Jimmy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And uh, football is here now with three weeks in. I assume um, you're right in the middle of your busy season here as the fantasy guru. How many – I was trying to figure it out from press releases and your Twitter feed – how many shows are you on right now with with fantasy in terms of TV, podcasts, ESPN Plus? What is the like weekly Matthew Berry schedule? Huh, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if I know that. I don't even know if I know the answer. So, I do the I do the fantasy focused podcast. So, and that's sort of it's sort of morphed into kind of a TV show uh, that we do digitally. And so uh, I do that, um, and we do that at 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday. On uh, you can watch it live on Twitter, on ESPN Fantasy's Facebook page, on ESPN's YouTube channel, and on the ESPN app. So you can watch it live, and they they dice it up for clips that you can watch throughout the ESPN Fantasy app, and then obviously it's distributed as a podcast as well. But um, so you know I'm on camera for that. Uh, we do the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. We do four episodes of that a week, uh, and then fantasy football now 
Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, you know, till kickoff basically on ESPN2. So we do three hours there Sunday morning, and then uh, throughout the week I do appearances. You know, I do like a, I do a Sports Center on Monday and Sunday mornings. I do NFL Live on Thursdays. I do Monday Night Countdown on Monday nights. So uh, they certainly keep me busy uh, here. And uh, and then obviously I write a weekly column. Uh, and do rankings uh, for players as well on ESPN.com. You know you're a busy person when you're asked what's your weekly schedule, and the answer is I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, I just, I sort of, I literally like just, okay, it's like I wake up and I'm like, okay, it's Tuesday. What does Tuesday mean? Like it just, I sort of, I just sort of kind of try to block and tackle and go day to day. Right. Now, you've been doing the fantasy thing for a very, very, very long time. You're one of the first to do it on the internet. Did you ever think... I mean, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, I don't know. Did you ever think it would become what it has become? No. So, I mean, I've been playing since I was 14 years old, right? right. Um, so for a long, long time, um, you know, uh, you know, 30-some-odd years. And, uh, look, I knew that, Jimmy, I knew that it would become popular, right? Like, when I was in 1995, uh, when I decided to try to... Um, uh, or I'm sorry, I should say, I have my timeline screwed up. I, in 1999, when I first started writing about it uh, professionally on uh, on Roto World, and then in 2005 when I decided to try to make a full time living at it, I felt like, look, like I'm not a weird guy, right? Like the stuff that I like, like I like Springsteen, I like, uh, you know, I I like pizza, I like superhero movies, you know, I, I like Howard Stern. I know you and I have that in common. So, like, the things that I like are pretty mainstream, and I also obviously really like fantasy sports. And so I knew that if it could just get some more attention, that it would grow and be viable. That that you know, we are a country that likes to do fun things, and at its core, fantasy football or any fantasy sport is it's fun. Like it, it's just it's a fun activity. So. I knew that uh, if it would just get some more popularity or just some more exposure, if you were, and you could change the perception of it, that it's something only for sort of nerdy, uh, nerdy guys, you know, and, you know, all the jokes about mom's basement and that sort of thing. Like, if you could get past that stereotype and just have people understand that it's a fairly simple game to play and it's fun, that it would grow. Having said that, did I ever expect that I would work for the largest sports media company in the world and once a year they would do 29 straight hours of programming around fantasy football. No, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that. My, my, you know, my, if I was dreaming of anything, it was just like, ooh, maybe I can make a living at this. Like that was my big, in 2005 when I decided to try to make a full-time living at it, I was like, that was my goal. It was like, could I, could I make enough money to support myself just doing fantasy football? What, fantasy was, football? was there a turning point for you, though, where you, do you remember a turning point where you said, this is becoming a monster industry. This is something where I can not only, um, you know, make a living, but make a very nice living. Or was it just a gradual buildup? It's a gradual buildup. I mean, there's, there's some moments that sort of stick out to me. I mean, obviously, like just, uh, you know, in, in late 2007, when ESPN bought my website um, and said, you know, we want to, uh, we want to bring you out here with it. You know, they, they came to me in, in 2007 and said, uh, hey, we, we think fantasy's getting big now, and we think there's enough here to do. Uh, that Like, we've talked internally. This is what they told me. They said, we've talked internally, and we, we were like, we want to find a Mel Kuyper. We need to find, like, a Mel Kuyper of fantasy football. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we like you, and uh, we like the website, so we'd like to, you know, buy your website, move you to Connecticut, and make you the guy. And so, um, you know, that fall of 2007 was when I uh, started with ESPN, and so that was great. And then, um, so, you know, obviously that was a, that was a moment. Um, there was uh, two other moments sort of early on that stood out to me to answer your question. One is in 2008, uh, I think it was 2008, we did a, we did a fantasy football party, um, ESPN did, uh, I think at, at Brother Jimmy's, which is a, a sports bar in New York. And so we're pulling up to this, uh, to this. it's like a preseason you know, thing, and we're going to do like some mock drafts and stuff like that. So we're pulling up to B- Brother Jimmy's. And I see like a line out the door, around the block, all the way up uh, whatever street the, the, it's on. I know there's a number of locations. 
And I'm like, oh my god, like like is Springsteen in town? Like, wh- what's going on? And it, they were all in line for this fantasy football party. I was like, holy crap! Like, here are people like waiting in line in the hot New York summer in August, you know, um, to get into a bar to hear people talk about fake football. So that was kind of like an eye-opening moment for me, where there was this like this crazy long line to get into that party. And then the other one is um, a story that I've told before that uh, I got a call. I think about eight years ago, right? So I guess 2011. I get a call uh, from a guy uh, that had gotten my number from a mutual friend. He says, "Hey, Matthew, you know my name's Mike, and uh, uh, we're uh, we're all big fans of you, and we're we're having this draft in New York, and uh, we'd love for you to come by and hang out, you know, with our league, and just sort of comment on picks, and you know, we just think it'd be fun to have you." And I'm like, "Yeah, listen, man, I I appreciate it. I'm, I'm flattered, but August is like my busiest month, and I just I just don't do that. I just don't go and like." hang out at random people's drafts, you know, and he's just like, well, it's for Jay-Z's league. And I'm like, uh, what time do you need me? Right? I mean, you know, like, you know, that's sort of what you do when yeah. you get that call. And so that was something where it was just like, who knew Jay-Z played fantasy football? And, you know, and, and uh, that was sort of like a, you know, obviously an amazing experience, but beyond that, just a very eye-opening kind of moment to me. Um, well, does, it and, does... uh, you know, like the people in that league and, uh, you know, so it's just like that's that story is emblematic of a number of uh, stories that have I've experienced where uh, you sort of find more and more people playing fantasy sports and, uh, you know, from all walks of life, like, you know, um, you know, mothers and kids and grandmas and, you know, rock stars and, and rappers and celebrities and politicians. And so it's just been sort of crazy to um to sort of see, you know, I find it now it, it's more common, it's more unique to find somebody who doesn't play right. than someone who does. Right. Full disclosure, I stopped playing three years ago, and it was the <laughs> best decision I've ever made in my life. But um, Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because I am someone who likes to place a wager on Sundays. Okay. On the var- and you end up rooting for too many things. I can't, you know, bet the bears to cover against the redskins but then i have case keenum on my team it's just too much so it was and you know i'm in you're i'm in survivor pools and i'm in sure. you know pick em pools so something had to go and also i think for me personally uh, the older i get you know the more family responsibilities you have and um you know real life sort of unfortunately takes over and I was like, you know, getting beat out for a kicker at 3 a.m. because one of my coworkers would be online picking up, you know, whoever is filling in for whoever got hurt. And I just said, you know, it's time for me to to step out of. I, I, like you, I, I think I started in seventh grade, you know, used to do it with pen and paper. And um, right. which was really fun back then. I must say I used to get the USA Today on Mondays and do the scoring. Um, but. Something had to go, and and I made. And here's the thing: I've always said about fantasy for for me personally. I know you don't feel this way, but I used to love the draft. The draft used to be up there with basically, you know, Christmas and the first day of the NFL season is my favorite days of the year. And then I realized after a while that I'm not really great at fantasy, and I'm miserable from the minute the draft ends till the end of the season. So that's just me personally. The, it's fair. The one thing I would add, here's my one question. And, and yeah. so I would argue that you sort of still are in fantasy. You know, I mean, like, I think gambling is a different thing than fantasy. But ultimately, you know, what at its core it has, what fantasy has that gambling and survivor pools and everything have, is it gives you a rooting interest in games you might not, not otherwise care about. And so um, the fact that you still do, like, survivor pools and stuff like that. My question would be, Jimmy, were you in... Um, like, do you have like long-term leagues? Because that's the thing that I find is that the people that, that have been in it for a while and quit, um, and I certainly understand you're not wanting to have divided loyalties and that whole thing, yeah. just didn't have a great league in the sense that like, you know, cause like I'm in a league with all the guys I went to college with, right. you know, that, you know, it was 20 some odd years ago. And like, we keep in touch through that. And so, and I, you know, I have leagues from other places where I've worked before I came to ESPN and, you know, I do a league with like my kids and their friends and it's, you know, so, um, I, I, you know, I think, uh, having a strong league is important to yeah. uh, enjoying fantasy there's football. No, and there's no doubt about it. And I, and I miss doing the draft. It's other than that, where I, 
you know, and that was the other problem too. And I think, first of all, I'm with you. I, you know, just to be clear, I am in a very, very small minority. I think the overwhelming vast majority of people play fantasy football. Um, but it, you know, I used to do fantasy baseball. Fantasy fantasy baseball is an absolute beast. That is daily in and out. I mean, you have to really be on top of your stuff for baseball. Oh, yeah. Football That's is a grind. little bit better. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I was in a work league. I'm in a friends league. Now I'm rooting. Now I'm rooting for like eight things, eight different things that are going against each other. So I would like chop down the leagues and then I was down to one league, which was better. And then I just I got out of it completely. But um We'll get you back one of these years. Maybe. I feel like we'll get you back. You're just taking a hiatus. I don't think you've I, quit. You're just taking a hiatus. I also have a grudge now against fantasy because, you know, as someone who does a podcast, you know this. When you go onto that iTunes, you know, top 100, which is shady to begin with, like the top 20 podcasts are, you know, pardon my take, Bill Simmons, and then 18 fantasy podcasts. So it's amazing. It's it's just amazing what that industry has become, um, even with podcasts. Yeah, it, uh, it's very true. But, yes, I agree with you. The, the Apple's iTunes chart is, um, uh, is definitely uh, a little shady. There's, uh, you know, there's, there's tricks for beating the system that some podcasts employ, and, you know, and it's also it's not based on total numbers. It's based on, like, re, you know, in terms of, like, a surge, which is why you'll see, like, a new podcast that all right. of a sudden debut at number three, and, right. um, you know, whereas a podcast that, you know, is super popular... But- um, but might just, be at five or something like that. It's like you know, it's like it's a, it's a increase in subscriptions and like it's just a weird formula that isn't what you think it would be, which is like how many people listen to this thing. Right. I just so, want to be clear I, though. I'm with you. I just want to be clear though. Despite that, I'm not questioning the popularity of the fantasy podcast. I'm actually in awe of it. I think it's um, <laughs> it's pretty impressive that there are so many and there there are so many popular ones out there. Um, we, we've certainly had tremendous success with uh, the one here at ESPN. You know, yeah. it's it's um, uh, it's amazing. You know, we do we do shows that get sold out like in an hour, and it's it's. Uh, I'm always, I don't want to say I'm amazed by the popularity, but I'm always very grateful for how many people uh, enjoy what uh, Field and Stefania and I do. I I, I want to. I have a quick question about covering fantasy, and we also have to talk about your Agbo Superhero League that you're doing for charity, yep. which is a great thing. Um, but since you did mention Jay-Z, it was funny when I was prepping for the interview I saw. And it must be pretty wild to you that on your Wikipedia page, it says Barry is also a friend of many stars, including Jay-Z, Seth Meyers, and Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> it's, mm. I mean, it's been unbelievable. And uh, the amount of, like... The and I, I don't say this bragging like this is entirely about the power of both fantasy football and ESPN. Right. So I don't say this in any sort of bragging way. It's just I'm the guy currently wearing the suit. But uh, you, if you saw my Rolodex or you saw the contacts in my phone, like you'd be in. It's insane. And the the amount of people and the wide variety of people I have managed to meet and interact with entirely because of fantasy football and people's enjoyment of that is, is sort of insane. And, and that sentence, um, you know, or, I mean, even like, you know, the, the Agbo Superhero League, which we'll talk about, like, it's, it's mind-blowing and it's, it's, it's nuts. Like, the whole thing is bananas. Yeah. Like, I, I fully acknowledge that. Like, I've, I've been on Seth's show. I've been on Late Night with Seth Meyers. And, like, I mean, it's just, that's, you know, to, to think that I would ever do that, to think I'd even be on ESPN was, it's all dream come true, pinch me, you know, can't believe it kind of stuff. Do you have Jay Z's number in your phone? I do. Do you te- do you ever text? Uh, we do. Yeah. Does, does he text you on Sunday mornings? He has sometimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, like Jay's a really good Jay's a really good fantasy football player. Um, not surprisingly, given his level of success, like he's he's amazing with detail. He um, you know sees things from a, like a three hundred sixty degree angle. Like he's really really sharp, but. Every once in a while, he'll text me, like, with a trade offer that he's gotten or something like that. Just say, like, you know, am I missing anything? Like, have you heard anything off the record that, that may not be out there? And so, um, but he's a really good fantasy player. So, yeah, I've gone to that draft for eight years now. So, I mean, they, uh, it's a great group of uh, guys, and uh, they're always gracious enough to invite me. And I, uh, despite the fact I'm not even actually in the league, I, uh, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's a really... It's always a fun evening. This is a weird question, but uh, I think you're probably a guy who could give me a good answer on it. Um, obviously, if you're texting with Jay-Z, that's ex- extremely cool, and he's 
asking you for your fantasy football advice. But I've always said, especially when um, my good buddy Andy Gray used to work here, we would always say that um, – because he would run the SI Vault Twitter account, so he had some mm-hmm. pretty A-list followers. I have a couple of pretty good followers myself, not to brag, like you said, but we've always said, Andy and I always said that getting a tweet, a response from like a C-list celebrity who we have some weird affection for, like I think one time like Sean William Scott from American Pie like responded to me or Jason <laughs> Biggs and you know, is there like a C list, like offbeat celebrity that comes to you for fantasy advice that could that that you enjoy almost as much as the A lister? That is a great question and I'm trying to think. Um trying to think like who is I mean like so this is not gonna be the answer um you would say, well, I'll, I'll, here's one that I'll, I'll, that I'll give you that, um, you know, the, uh, you know, a bunch of the Stern guys, right? I mean, right. so, uh, like, you know, I've been a massive Howard fan for, uh, you know, almost 30 years. And so, um, so that was cool when, uh, when I found out that, like, John Hine and Jason Kaplan and Gary Dalabate were all following me right. um, and were reading me without me having ever met them. So that was, like, that was really cool. Uh, that was kind of a very cool moment. Um, uh, the I don't know that he's a C-list, so I wouldn't call him C-list. Well, you go B, plus. Uh, Joe Russo, who is uh, you know who, along with his brother Anthony, directed Captain America: uh, The Winter Soldier, Captain America: Civil War, and Avengers: Infinity War, and Avengers: Endgame. When I found out he was a fan of mine, like that was sort of mind blowing because right. I'm a massive fan of like the MCU and uh, you know especially those movies, specifically Winter Soldier is like literally one of my favorite movies of all time, and so. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, this is going to sound like really random and weird because he's not a celebrity exactly, but um, I am a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. Right. I'm a Parrothead. And uh, I discovered about 12 or 13 years ago that Jimmy's longtime tour manager of like 20 years plays in a fantasy league, is a big fan. And so that was like, that was very cool. And so I've, I've been able to meet Jimmy through him a few times. That's and like a good that's. One. That's been, you know, yeah. like super cool as That's well. That's a good one. Um, but I'm still, Jimmy, I'll tell you who I am waiting for. I'm yeah. waiting for one of the cast members of Beverly Hills 90210 to be a fantasy player. Well, that's, that, I mean, that's one that would be like a, like a C-level guy yeah. or person, if you want, um, that I would be super excited about, but hasn't happened yet. Yeah. that so You hoping. know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I, when I was talking about Andy Gray, my former colleague, here, the, I think we got on this whole topic one day because he got a reply on Twitter from Ian Ziering. And that was really what spurred the discussion. So I, I um, I'm with I'm with you on that for sure. What did you think of the reboot? Uh, I actually loved it. Me too. I loved it, and Me I know too. there's some controversy about it. And I know it's like I guess it's on the bubble. I thought it was Jimmy. I thought it was fantastic. I like, agree. I thought it was. I thought it was really clever, and I thought it was like a fun way to do that reboot where they're they're playing themselves or not really playing themselves, but they are, and like like because you like those people and and all of them have enough self-awareness to realize that people sort of you know like you don't you see jason Priestley and you don't think oh there's jason Priestley who's been in this this and this and you're like there's brandon walsh right i mean like they're all so iconic and so tied to those specific characters uh so i i, I enjoyed the hell out of it i thought it was yeah. really sort of clever and well done and really really enjoyed it and desperately hope it comes back I agree. What do you think? I, I'm I'm with you. I I was I get why people have that nostalgia where they're they're very angry that it isn't the same show that it was, but it's just that's not how this world works anymore in, in television and in, they're not gonna do the same show they did in nineteen ninety. So um I thought it was really well done and funny and um I I enjoyed all of it. I, I get it. I, it was jarring that first episode, and you're like, what the hell is going on right now? But I watched every episode, enjoyed every episode. To me, that I, that's how I judge it. Am I enjoy, you know, there are shows where I watch it and I stop watching it because I don't enjoy it. This, I, I enjoyed every episode. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, you I can't compare it to what it was. If they did it, the, if, quote, they did it the old show, which was like the very first scene of the first episode where they walk in and there's Brandon behind the counter at the Peach Pit and Kelly's a waitress and like there's Donna and David over there and, they, and you're just like, oh, God, like they haven't moved on. But see, I would argue they are doing the same show, just they've updated for modern, right. modern times because you, you still have 
there's still something between Donna and David, and there's still something between Brandon yeah. and Kelly, and like Steve still, you know, uh, you know, having all his, you know, romantic uh, mishaps, and like, like they're they have very cleverly basically taken the same structure of the old show and the same sort of plot lines and and tone. That was the other thing that I thought was in, incredibly well done is that it's very much the same tone of the old show, right? You know, yeah. there's yep. you know there's there's some drama and there's some relationship stuff and then there's some. There's some, you know, for lack of a better phrase, wacky hijinks, like the, the thing with the red dress or, you know, um, you know some kind of like big scenes that, that are a little over the top, but sort of charmingly, you know, charmingly fun. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought they, they actually are doing the same show. They've just they've just disguised it really well and in a very clever way, I think. Right. And if you, if you say to me what was the best TV moment for me in 2019, it was seeing Ray Pruitt and... Uh, hearing him sing How Do You Talk to an Angel on TV again. but How Do You Talk yes, to an Angel? Exactly. Yeah, Great song. I mean, like, unbelievable. Um, uh, before we wrap and, and we, we get to the Superhero League, I just two quick questions on Back yes, to Fantasy. Sir. Give me, what is the most difficult thing about covering fantasy for a living? The most difficult thing is by far what we have to do, which is uh, I, have to predict, I have to predict the outcome of 250 players every week. So, like, if you watch fantasy football now and you watch any other NFL pregame show, we will talk about probably four to five times more players than anyone else, right? Like, like no other show is talking about Will Disley, but we are, right? right? Because you may need a tight end streamer, right? No one else is, is, is talking about whether or not Vance McDonald's coming back from a, from a shoulder injury or, um, or, or whether or not Raheem Mostert is viable. But we are, right? And so, um, so you have to cover a, a massive amount of players. And then you also have to predict their performance, right? So I rank about 250 players, you know, over all the positions and defenses and kickers. I rank about 250 players every week. Right. And you're obviously going to get stuff wrong, right? I mean, you know, in terms of trying to predict the future, possible to predict the future, and then when you do it at that kind of volume, it's also – impossible to to you know get it all right and so you know i could literally make 100 predictions and get 99 of them right and you get one wrong and that'll be the one that everyone on twitter you know or on reddit or wherever that will just you know sort of go off and so that's that's you know candidly the the biggest challenge of of fantasy football of of trying to uh you know trying to predict it especially when you have you know sort of the nature of you know, you'll like I'm. I'm trying to think of a good example, and I can't come up with one right now. But you, you'll predict a guy to have a good game, right? And then, um, oh, so Todd Gurley. Like I had Todd Gurley on my love list this past week against against the Browns, right? And so, uh, and how I do the love love hate list is I basically take the ESPN projections and I basically say whether I'm going to go over or under that projections. So, um, uh, which allows me to sort of talk about bigger name players as well. But so Todd Gurley was on the love list, and I think he finished right about even with his projection. But, like, he got the ball, and he fell short of the two-yard line. And then on second down, Sean McVay, for some reason, decides to let Jared Goff try to take it over the top, which didn't, he, he gets stopped. And then on the third play, they throw it to Cooper Cup. But, like, if, if they give it to Todd Gurley on second down and he scores, I'm a genius, right? right. But because he fell one yard short on first down... I'm not, right? I got that one wrong or, you know, not as right as I could have. Right. Like, you know, there'll be times where you predict something and then uh, they'll get, guy will, you know, guy will get into the end zone just like you thought, and there's a flag. There's holding on the other side, like some wide receiver wasn't involved in the play, does something dumb. And so that's the biggest challenge, candidly. Gotcha. And then uh, basically, so trying to predict the future and doing it in a very public forum. Right. And then dealing with the... Uh... You know the maniacs on Twitter. Um, I know you want to plug a uh, fantasy league that you're doing with a lot of celebrities here for for charity, which is a great thing. And we talked about sort of the A-listers. I mean, this league is loaded: Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, uh, Chris Pratt, Ryan Reynolds, to name a few. And there's plenty more. Uh, give us the lowdown on this Agbo superhero fantasy league. I will. No, I know you said you had two questions for me. I didn't. I wanted to. Well, I, I, we, I decided to skip the other question. It wasn't that good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, don't worry about time if that's if no, that's no. the concern. I'm yeah, happy yeah. to. We're good. If you, okay. 
Um, all right, so the uh, this Agbo Superhero League. So Agbo is the the studio that is run by Joe and Anthony Russo, who we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, earlier in the show, they um, you know directors of Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War. And so Joe and I are friends, and we've played in the fantasy league together. And there's actually a fantasy football league that exists on the set of Avengers. That with you know a lot of the actors and Joe plays in it as well, and uh, Chris Evans and uh, his producing partner run it together. Uh, uh, run that league. And so Joe had an idea about um, doing a superhero league. You know, superheroes are actually a, a big theme in Joe's life, as you can imagine, having done four of the biggest superhero movies of all time, including the biggest one. And so um, uh, Joe called me up and said, I have an idea. He, he and a guy named Guillermo Lozano, who works with Chris Evans, uh, they had an idea to do a superhero league, to, to do a, you know, basically a celebrity fantasy football league. There's a lot of them. So how could you make it different? How could you do a twist? So there's two twists to it. Number one is that to be in the league, you have to have appeared in a superhero movie. So again, you know, Joe, with the theme that he has in terms of his life, superheroes means a great deal to him. You know, superheroes in, you know, trying to do in real life what they do in, in, in the movies, making the world a better place, you know, fighting for those who can't. Uh, you know, help, helping others, right? So you have to have been in a superhero movie to be in this league. And then the other piece of it is that Joe and his studio, Agbo, was putting up $100,000 for charity. And so that all of us in the league were going to play for charity. And so I thought this was a really cool idea. We were going to try to do it like a 10-team league. And, in fact, we got so many people that wanted to be in the league. Uh, we, it's a 14-team Fantasy Football League, again, a lot. with nothing but actors or people that have been in superhero movies. So it's unbelievable, and it's playing out on ESPN.com. And uh, if you, we, we, uh, there's a, it's a public league if you want to check it out. You can search, if you just search Agbo Superhero League or Matthew Barry, you'll see that I wrote a column about it, and there's a link in the column so you can check out that league. But to your point, here's who's in the league. Chris Pratt. Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy and all the movies. You know, for those of your listeners who don't know exactly, aren't big superhero guys. That would be me. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor. Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Miles Teller, who was Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four. Not necessarily known for superhero movies, but he qualifies. Uh, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man. Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself. Anthony Mackie, Falcon, and he may be Captain America, the new Captain America. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Chris Evans, who is Captain America. Karen Gillan, who is Nebula. Uh, let's see, uh, Michael B. Jordan played Killmonger in Black Panther. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch. And Tom Holland, who is Spider-Man. And then rounding it out is Joe Russo, who not only directed all those movies, but had a cameo in Avengers Endgame. And, uh, and myself, who also had a cameo in Avengers Endgame. So that's why Joe made it that you have to appear in right. a superhero movie, not actually have been a superhero which allows Joe and I to sort of sneak in under the wire there and get to play in this league. And, and, and the so best part, the fourteen of us are all playing for charities, and yep. uh, hundred thousand dollars is up for grabs, and uh, it's pretty cool. The, the, the Jimmy, the, the coolest part of it is, is that the celebrities have really gotten into it, and they've started just doing a bunch of trash talk. If you, um, if you watch Fantasy Football Now or the Fantasy Show on ESPN Plus, or even follow me on social at Matthew Barry TMR on all forms of social media, you've seen I've posted like. Chris Pratt and Chris Evans have gone at each other. We've gotten Ryan Reynolds has put stuff out. Karen Gillan's put stuff out. Uh, Paul Rudd just like uh, had a very funny uh, video about Tom Holland last week. Um, so it's been uh, it's been really fun, and we're doing. There'll be like trash talk videos every single week around the league. And the best part is it's all for charity, and it's a good job by all these guys doing that um, for charity. So now you'll have more A-list friends to. Uh to have in your phone along with Jay-Z. It, it, it is pretty <laughs> funny when you're sitting there and you're like, you're sitting there haggling over like Chris Carson with, with Pratt. Right, you know what I mean? You're right. like, like uh, you know, you're just, there is a moment where you're just like, I can't believe I'm sitting here arguing over a second string running, uh, you know, uh, 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 an RB2 with Star-Lord. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's, the trade talk is pretty funny in this league. Yeah, well, I I appreciate you coming on, and you know you do a podcast here for a half hour, and there could be like eight transactions that you miss. So I'm sure you got to like you know run and check the waiver wire, which 
Those are the things I don't miss. You you go somewhere for a half hour and, you know, you miss out on who you have to pick up and um, no one needs to stay on top of it more than you. So you better get going. I appreciate it, Jimmy. <laughs> thanks for the time. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Matthew. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, that wraps up this edition of the SI Media Podcast. My thanks to Matthew Berry and John Oran for coming on. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, if you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button. Also, check out past podcasts in the archives. Troy Aikman was on the show last week. Two weeks ago, Ryan Rossillo. Three weeks ago, Rich Eisen and Chris Mad Dog Russo. All great, great shows. So if you missed any, download them, listen, rate, and review. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.